Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. David Proden. Welcome to the Safety Doc Podcast. And we have with us Vincent LaRosa. He is a network administrator. Administrator. That's all right. Just go with it. It's kind of cool. It's like the outtakes. Like, all right. Yeah. I might cut that one in at the beginning and then I'll, I'll, I'll beep it out. <laughs> Safety Doc Podcast with author, radio host, and nationally recognized safety expert, Dr. David Perotti. Join us each week as we discuss the best and most bizarre practices in safety preparation and crisis response. Follow Dr. Perotti on Twitter at SafetyPhD. And remember, the truth will keep you safe. David Proden. Welcome to the Safety Doc Podcast, filmed live down here in the North Star Recording Studio. It is unfortunately 54 degrees right now, so a little brisk for a February 18th down here in the studio. But with the 55-amp charger, everything is up and working. And in the studio today, via our friends at Skype, we have Vincent LaRosa, who is a network administrator also, part-time masculine geek, author, explorer, so much more. Vince, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dave, for having a safety doc. For I want to say that. What's up, doc? <laughs> Thank you for having me on the show. This is cool. Um, although I have to say, full-time masculine geek. Full-time or, masculine. Always geek. a full-time. Always a full-time okay. masculine geek. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Ab- so you know. Before we get into masculine geek, mm-hmm. I, I remember this, and, and maybe some people I remember you as Ulu from Star Trek The Next Generation now. Oh, God, here, yeah. <laughs> I think it was three seasons. It was, it was kind of recurring, but not recurring, but that's, that's pretty awesome stuff. Do you ever kind of go to the conventions? Anyone ever identify you? But, you know, on, on the show, you, you don't look like you did do now. I mean, you're done up as Ulu, but, yeah. I mean, how was that? Well, it was a periphery character, as you know, and I was pretty much in the back. You would almost call it a, a I would be a B actor. Okay. Uh, the money was good, but that, 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 that just, that whole costume stuff sitting in the chair for hours, that just sucked. Yeah. Cause, uh, I, yeah. It, cause uh, you know, it was, it was at the time, I think Jim Carrey like was doing, um, the Grinch and he's talking about how he had to put on like the, the yak hair and all that stuff. And it's itchy. Exactly. And, and Ulu was, was like a walking carpet. You know, like in the seventies. You know? Well, that's it. It was almost like having you know Chewbacca yeah. costume, which I, which I, I, that got me through the intense. I was like, you know what? It's like Chewbacca. It's like Chewbacca. It's like it's fine. And I identified with Chewbacca, so that helped me get through and, and continue with the role. In fact, I used very subtly some of the sounds of Chewbacca. <gasps> you know, all that. Yes. Not too many yeah. people know this. No, no. You know, and and uh, I'm going down to uh, Disney Orlando with the family. So if I if oh, I so, see. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they've got like an Ulu, you know, kind of in, in the background or, or it, where, it, you know, it, I'm going to, I'm going to watch for him. I know that guy. There are certain parts, uh, there are certain sculptures and there are certain movie posters where you can actually catch me in the background and I do a small wave. So, okay. Yeah. Finger one, the kind of it's like two, Walt Disney, It's right? two, yeah, it's exactly. I was, it was homage. So, yeah. But anyway, I mean, that that's awesome. Like it's, it's, you know, um, 
Yeah, one of my friends is like, I met Henry Winkler. He's had a picture. I'm like, I know Ulu from, you know, Star Trek <laughs> Second Generation. He's like, exactly. damn it. You know, exactly. that Trump card right over. He's like, I have nothing. I have, I have nothing. See, oh exactly. So what Winkler. happens when I, when I come out to visit you, I'll, I'll give you the, uh, the, the full autograph. Yeah, I still so, have a piece of the outfit where I can sign yeah. it for you. I sign it for you, and, and you can have that, yes. I had, uh, oh, man, I had this baseball. So I, th- I threw this out at uh, opening pitch July 31st. Oh, right. with yeah, yeah. Game. And then uh, what, the pen, everything, like, faded. Like, for one day, you could read everything, and then, like, the next day, it's, like, disappearing ink. So, you know, like really? a year from now, the whole base will all be gone. This will just be an empty loose site container. But that's to get um, one of those museum quality <laughs> containers so, so that it yeah. filters out the UV. I mean, I'm down here. In the, there's no light <laughs> down here except that's when true I record too. the Wait a minute. Yeah, come to think of it. Yeah, you, yeah, that, you got screwed. So, so yeah, um, that's pretty <laughs> crazy. When I threw out that pitch, I tore my hamstring um, literally like a week before. So I'm limping out to the mound and I'm just lathered up in like Ben Gay. So I'm just this, you know, smelly old man gimping out to a mound, throwing a grounder <laughs> at the home plate. Nice. People are like, hey, nice job, Gramps. Hey, so um, Masculine Geek is amazing. So uh, tell me about the founding. I've, I've got actually the website up on, on my left-hand side, MasculineGeek, MasculineGeek.com. Um so, you know, check it out, um, shows, newsletter, uh, brilliant essays, but I guess, tell me how this all came to be. Well, I've always had a creative, um, bent as it were ever since I was a small child and I've always been doing something, always doing something to, uh, not necessarily to better myself. All that is, is sometimes forefront in my mind, but just to not be bored. Uh, but I was thinking one day that there... There, there seems to be a crossover between uh, traditionally masculine men who pursue masculine hobbies that are also, eh, for lack of a better word, geeks. They do have geek hobbies. Right. They're, they're men that are not ashamed of their own masculinity. They're very unapologetic. But they're not talking about their geek hobbies. And that, that bothered me because I consider myself a masculine geek. I'm very unapologetic about my masculinity. I'm very proud of it, uh, and I'm also a very huge geek. I'm a local history nerd. I play Dungeons and Dragons. I love to read. I collect old maps. I'm recently getting into fountain pens, all kinds of really cool stuff, motorcycles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I guess it was around – it had been percolating for a while over the summer of 2018. And as we got into the fall, the Christmas time, I think, you know what? I need to pull the trigger on this. I need to stop thinking about it. And I wanted to run it by both Aaron and TJ. We had been following each other on Twitter for a very long time. I had met Aaron. I had met TJ. We were friends. And they were I considered them to be masculine geeks. As you know, Aaron and TJ, completely yeah. masculine completely yeah, masculine yeah. geeks. Yeah. So I sent a Twitter DM to both of them. I said, look, I have this idea. And I laid it out. And I said, what do you think? TJ immediately fired his imagination. <laughs> Aaron being the, the, the ever-present ever uh, pessimist he's like oh well yeah that might work you know (laughs) know, Aaron is he's just like not ready to commit to anything (laughs) so I was like you know we're just we're going to do this and then around the same time I had been for different reasons I had been talking to Rob Says 
And he probably told you the whole story behind that, too, so you already know. And people can go watch the interview with Rob. And I said, you know, Rob, you know what? Yeah, we've been talking. Like, you, I'm doing this this masculine geek thing, and I, I described it to him. He's like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. Like, well, you're a masculine geek, whether you know it or not. And he's like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, I kind of am, yeah. Because he played motor, he's done motorcycles, he's done right. really cool stuff in, in his, his history. He even did some amateur uh, video work, home videos, um, him and his friend. Out on the streets, he did this little. I'm probably telling him something he doesn't want anyone to know, so you can always edit that in post. But he showed me this really cool home video that he had, that's this awesome art, this art house video that he and his friend. I'm like, wow, you should make that public. That's really cool. So he did that. He played cyberpunk a little, maybe I don't know about D and D, but he knew about Dungeons and Dragons. So I said, Rob, I want you to be on this show with us too. I want you to. I want to bring you into this. You're completely. I think you, TJ, uh, Aaron, and I, we make a good mix. Now, initially, Aaron was on the show consistently for well, yeah, consistently a couple, a couple episodes. He was there, and then he's sort of like, "Ah, you know what? I'm still. I'm going to go back to my angry old man." <laughs> right. you know Aaron is his angry old. I hate millennials and everybody. Rah, rah, rah. That's him. So he has his thing. So it wound up being just TJ and Rob and I, and we found that we had a really good dynamic together, and it it works and it continued. We do it. Uh, we haven't missed a show. Well, there was one or two weeks where we took a, a little brief hiatus, but other than that, we haven't missed a show since twenty beginning of twenty nineteen. So we're over a year old now, thirteen months. And and the regular episodes are Wednesday nights. Um, Wednesday nights at nine p.m. Eastern. Right. Okay. Yeah. Eight eight p.m. Central for me. It, one of the things, the, the more work I, I do, the more people I have on podcasts. It's my 118th episode. I'm like, what time zone are you in? You know, exactly. Central yeah. score. <laughs> now yeah, I'm right? like, God, how do I make that conversion? <laughs> Pacific time to central. Damn it. Seriously. If only someone would invent some type of easy dialer machine to to decipher that. But uh, so, so, yeah. So, I mean, if we look. So, TJ, you know, living in a cabin, Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Rob in, in the Salt Lake City area, you're, you're in New Jersey, so you also have different, uh, you know, geographic areas that, that you're pulling from. And then you had, um, you know, what was it, uh, Village by the Sea in October. So, Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I like to go on these little writing retreats, meditative writing retreats for myself. Typically, they're solo. And what I'll do is I'll get a cabin or I'll rent a house on the beach and I'll just, I'll go do this. I'm like, you know, let's, hey guys, come out here. We'll do like a, the Village by the Sea is a homage to Michael Porfirio and Quintus Curtius on Twitter. They talk about the Village by the Sea. I'm like, oh, okay. that's, that's kind of, I like that. I like that, that title. So I'm going to, I'm going to borrow that. And like, Rob, TJ, come on out. Aaron, come on out. We'll hang out. We'll just, uh, we eat, we'll drink, we'll, you know, go wander a little bit. We'll do our writing. We'll make business plans. We'll just sit have a few drinks, smoke some cigars, TJ yeah. your pipe, and we'll just watch the waves roll in and just relax and enjoy and meditate and, you know, make plans. And that's what we did. We did it for a week. And, and yeah, I saw a lot of the videos. You guys are periscopes. Oh, periscopes. Yeah, 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 that was fun. And, of course, Aaron, did. we were we were not <laughs> lying. And, Aaron, we, we say this to us. Aaron <laughs> called his girlfriend almost every half hour. Wow. Just to say hi and check yeah. in. He was stressed out. He was going through some stuff, so I get right. it. But, we, well, of course, we have to right. bust his balls. Oh, and yeah. He, he drank. He did. 
he would he would walk up in the morning. He he just he'd walk upstairs in the morning and be like, oh, he's all disheveled. He's like, oh, what's up, homos? <laughs> like, he'd look out at the ocean, pour himself some coffee, and almost as if he didn't realize he was doing it, he grabbed the Kraken rum that he bought for me, and he's pouring rum <laughs> into oh, the man. coffee and just drinking. He's like. I think I'll go back to bed, and he would wander, amble back downstairs. And the four-hour naps—that's no joke either. So, yeah, yeah, four-hour naps, four-hour naps, and and numerous calls to his girlfriend. So, Village by the Sea. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm watching it from afar. You know what what, you, what you're sharing out, and what's striking me is it kind of reminds me of um, you know the the member checking that I would say Henry Ford, John Burroughs, Edison did you know a hundred years ago where basically they would go out camping for a week um they take a caravan and they would just go out you know sit around a campfire and basically shoot the shit right that and they they could relate to each other because they're all you know you know powerful in, in their own realm but it's this real masculine thing of you know we're at one with with nature we're going fishing you know we're going to stay up late we're going to you know be drinking by the campfire and as I, I did a lot of research into that, um, and, you know, those guys were saying, this really kept us going. Like, we, we felt we, we weren't relating to other people, and, you know, because we had, we had achieved so much, it was hard. It's like going to the moon, right? If you haven't been to the moon, how do you explain walking on the moon to somebody else? But I, I, I look at this, and it's something I just don't see in society anymore. I, I don't see this happening. Um, and... And you, you did it. I mean, this village by the sea is the modern day, you know, Ford. I don't know whatever the hell they used to, to call this event. They had a name to it, but you guys are doing that. Um, so, you know, I, I want to also get your perception or, you know, your perception, TJ, Aaron, is this something where you're, you're doing this and you're saying, you know what, like this is, nobody does this. Like, is it because of time? Is it because society says, now nah, you're being exclusionary if you do this or elitist if you do this. I mean, I'm just trying to figure this out. Um, or, you know, the fact that people feel that everything has to be plugged in, you know, so if you're going to do it, then, you know, give 24 hour access to everybody so they can see this event. Or I, I, I'm trying to piece this together. Um, you know, what, what's your reaction to that? Did, did you realize in the moment where, you know, maybe off camera where you guys talking and saying, this is really like this, lost part that maybe our grandfathers our great grandfathers used to do you know i i don't know for me for me i just looked at that and my thought vince was like god that must be awesome to be sitting out on that deck at night smoking um a cigar and just listening to those waves slowly crash in i'm just like that has <laughs> got to be and just talking you know just hey it's just got to be cool to be in that environment with you know few other masculine geeks just talking and feet up on the rail i don't know you know thank you for tuning in to the safety doc podcast with the nation's leading safety expert dr david perodin author radio show host university instructor researcher expert witness and consultant powerful testimonials Dr. Perodin has a strong reputation as the go-to safety consultant, and he was still able to exceed our expectations. When we went looking for an expert in the field of crisis preparedness and prevention, David was the single person we pursued. Not easy stepping into the touchier subjects of life, but Dr. David pulls it off. 
Take a listen. Now, back to Dr. David Perodin and the Safety Doc Podcast. You hit the nail on the head. It, it was amazing. And okay. we, we definitely want to plan more of these. We have an Italy trip coming up that we're planning. Um, I want to do another Village by the Sea and a few other things, even local things as well, getting together with a few of our, our followers and fans that have reached out to us that are here on the East Coast that I've made uh, acquaintances with and contacts with. And just to, hey, we're going to meet up at the brewery and go talk. We're going to go, you know, go hike, whatever. Just get out and do things. And you are correct. A lot of guys, I think what happens is a lot of the – Part of it is media is telling you one thing, especially the exclusionary and all this diversity and all you have to include. That's that's essentially a media political driven narrative. If you go out and talk to someone on an individual level, they're like, what? What are you talking about? So, but I think what happens is a lot of guys do not have mentors growing up. Their fathers don't know what they're doing. They do their best, but they don't know what they're doing. They grow up without a good masculine mentor in their life. They grow up emulating their parents or what society tells them they should do. So what what society prescribes for the most part is this. You reach puberty. There's some things you have to do and start to get serious about, which is basically college and what you're going to do when, sure. you, when you grow up. And that's that's the thrust of it. I mean, it's changing a little bit now, especially when the cost of college is coming to light. And it's just like it, it's not. There's the ROI is just not there. But right. fundamentally speaking, you you grow up, you go to college, you meet a girl, you have a family, and then you work different jobs until you retire and you die. And that's that's the prescription. I mean, for the most part, unless you decide to go, hey, that's not something I want to do. So most guys kind of fall into this. So after they get married, it's either their own design and or their wives and their families. They get driven away or pulled away from their, their, their masculine uh, group, their, their, uh, their tribe, as it were. Right. And they, they start having their family and do things. And that's fine. Not realizing that, hey – do I have someone to rely on other than my family? Do I have someone to talk to other than uh, I need to, there's certain things I need to talk to that I cannot talk to my wife about. I need to go out and do things. I have to be out into the world creating, because uh, men fundamentally thrust themselves, even from a, a psychosexual point of view, men thrust out into the world. That's how we have sex. That's how we create. We push energy outwards from the hips outwards. And when men don't have that, they stagnate, they regress, they get angry, they wind up hurting people, they have horrible marriages. So when, uh, when men don't have a whole uh, a well-rounded means of, of, of uh, outlets, creative outlets with like-minded men, of course they need their family. That's, that's right. one facet. And then have, it's, it's sort of like we were talking about what you mentioned in them. Um, in your book about the bagel, getting outside your comfort zone, a lot of guys don't do that. They get into this rut in their family, and they keep it going. They don't know how to get out of it because this is all they've known. And right. There are guys out there that, I mean, if you were to ask them, like, okay, you know, if you're away on vacation and something happens at home, 
Is, do you have a buddy you can call to go handle that for you while you're away? That's someone you can trust. Right. Yeah. Most guys would be like, uh, no, I don't. And that's, that's very sad. And that's to their detriment as well. I don't know if I have answered your question. I'm kind of rambling here, but how do you recommend or how do you suggest if, you know, people are coming to you, people are coming to MG, they're reading the essays. How do you know, this one rise of the lone wolf was an essay TJ wrote on mm-hmm. February 15th. And, and I read that in, in, you know, it's kind of resonating with me. How do you, how do you recommend, you know, men to, to build back this, this tribe or to discover this tribe? Um, well, you know, they say that you have to surround yourself by the people you want to be, you want, you want to be like, so if it's not out there already via masculine geek or in your town, whether you're doing some kind of community, uh, thing or a habitat for humanity and things like that, where you're gathering with, with, with men, you have to create it for yourself. Um, find one or two guys you're sort of acquainted with already and go out and do things. I found that a lot, of, most people, most guys are lazy and I'm lazy too. I have to push myself to do things. I realize yeah. it's part, it's part of, part of my own, uh, childhood. It's part of who I am. And I really, I, I've identified that early on. I need to push myself. Otherwise I'll sit on the couch with drool coming out of my mouth and while watch TV. So I have all these things that I do. I have you know, in the back of my head is lists. I have things written down. I push myself to do things. So guys, if they're left to their own devices in some regards will not, do this so they have to go out into the world and create these these tribes for themselves you have to make yourself the leader like with masculine geek i i do the administrative tasks i book the talent i make sure things run smoothly as they can and i i take on that i've taken on that role as part you know partly because of the creator but also because somebody has to do this you can't have you can't have a bunch of alpha guys doing you're going to clash heads Right. So somebody has to say, "All right, this is we're going to go do this and and make make the you know, maybe you're going to go to the shooting range, maybe you're going to go, maybe you're going to build a house, maybe you're going to help a neighbor with a with a project, maybe you're going to go work on a car together, maybe you're going to go uh, have a fishing or a camping trip. You're doing something. You're, there's some kind of action that you're doing. You're 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 doing some kind of physical activity, and from from there, you uh, the, the talking and the building and the creating is secondary to that to that action." We, we as men are task-oriented. You see this a lot with guys who retire. Their, their identities are caught up with their, their work. Right. And then they wind up, many guys die. Many guys fall into a depression. They don't know what to do. So always, always action. And if, if, there's, if there's not something you can join array that's out there, like I think what are the, what are the, um, the well-known kind of clubs like the Knights of Columbus and then you have the Freemasons and, and things like that. I'm not saying you have to go join those things. You research right. and whatnot, but yeah, create these things for yourself, whether that's going on to meetup.com and creating a, a, a meetup group centered around an activity. Right. You know, whether yeah. that's, that's board games or like, Hey, I want to get, I want to, I want to start this, 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 uh, this dude's hiking group. We're going to go once or twice a month. We're going to do, a lot of people like to do like try to overcommit. Don't overcommit. Once or twice a month, we're going to have these activities. We're going to go do that, and then you draw people in. You draw you draw men into you. Yeah, I, I like that idea. And um, you, you know, you talk about 
you know, meetup.com. Um, I've started to find, and we'll get into this in, in a little bit, but, uh, you know, I'm starting to get into urban exploring a little bit. And yes. yeah, there's, there's an incredible group out there, you know, of people, but you know, there's, there's guys who are like, where's the place? Cause I just got a new drone and like, I want to bring it out and get some footage. <laughs> oh, that's and, cool. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's like the big thing. Like, you know, um, and I'm like, this is, this is, and then there's all these little subdivisions. So I've started to do research because, um, but the subdivisions, there's, you know, one guy is like, where, where exactly is it? And then I gave, you know, some information. He's like, okay, I've got that. Here's the plat book. And here, by the way, if you ever, anyone needs to look this up, like, look it up, you can find out like the date it was built and all this other, I mean, but um, yeah. And then someone is good at GPS. So they like get the maps and, and figure that, but they're waiting. I mean, right now, it's the middle of winter and um so they're they're waiting um you know for winter to pass because a lot of these places aren't really accessible but but it's it's exciting um because i'm like yeah this is this is cool i mean cuz yeah it's history i love history we have uh, cream brick around here you know like kind of the Milwaukee cream brick so a lot of the buildings uh, they're not red brick um they're mm-hmm. kind of this, this yellow brick and then um, yeah, just just that amazing part of of seeing something that was created and now it's kind of being taken back by nature and in the technology. Yeah, like I didn't realize one of uh, one of my neighbors. He's a few houses away. Uh, he's a drone guy. So literally, like I stop over there, opens up like five cases, and one drone is the size of you know, um, you know, like my hand, and another one is the size of a suitcase, and they're all for different things. And he's like, "Yep." can make these part of the deal but um i'm gonna idle that for just a second so so masculine geek somebody tunes in on wednesday night and there's always a very vibrant chat on the right hand side um (laughs) that's great we have some really cool people in the chat yeah it's 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 a lot of fun um but tell me what typically if someone makes us a part of their wednesday what are they what are they going to get out of that i mean what why should they why should they Tune in Wednesday night. YouTube Masculine Geek. It's it's three guys and some some followers in the chat. Like you said, a very vibrant chat. We're sitting around swapping notes. We're talking about things that we love to do, and we're giving field notes on it. We're talking about our ideas. We're talking about our opinions um, centered around maybe a specific subject. Or, or as as you know, we fly by the seat of our pants. Right. And I, I like that format. There, sometimes I'll lead a little bit more than I do, but. We're three guys. We're three dudes that are very determined and opinionated, so we can we we can butt heads as far as like who who takes the field. Because as you'll know, TJ will be brief, right? <laughs> Rob, Rob will ramble on, and I'll try to hurt everybody. But our dynamic works very well. But it's it's just three dudes coming together. Uh, it's like we're sitting around we're sitting around uh, like a fire uh, or like like a club type thing. TJ has his pipe. Maybe he does have his fire going. Rob and I have have our drinks, and we're talking. We're having a conversation, and we're just tossing out ideas. We're talking about what we did, what we'd like to do, things that are happening out in the world, uh, things, uh, hobbies that we're, we're, we're thinking about doing or we are things that we are doing. Maybe we'll talk about women sometimes. Maybe we'll talk about cigar smoking, and sometimes we'll talk about motorcycles. Rob is very knowledgeable about motorcycles. Me less so because I've only been into it about a year or so. So, But, yeah, it's, it's three guys just coming together, talking, having fun, we love the chat. We love interacting with everyone in the chat. And we're swapping notes and we're talking about life. So how do you keep it going after a year? I mean, every Wednesday night, I mean, 
there's there's two things that can either become a commitment where it's like oh, every Wednesday night, like I've I've got to do this, or it's like yeah yeah Wednesday we're here, was, it's <laughs> masculine was, geek night. This yeah, is yeah. awesome, and that's where it is. I mean, I love it. There's a lot of times, um, you know, if if I'm if I'm available, I'm logging in, and it's amazing how much the time goes. And then you you get to know yeah the people, and um, but it is it is so much energy. And I'll also add to this, Vince. Sunday night, there's a Masculine Geek newsletter that gets sent out. So, you know, you do a segment and TJ does a segment and Rob, and I read it as soon as it comes out. Bing, you know, I'm probably like the first one. It's in my you inbox. probably are. On yeah. and, I'm through it. and, you know, it's maybe a thoughtful five to eight minute read. And I've, I've said it before to Rob, it's really, it's a calibration tool. It helps you kind of think about things like, Everything is kind of themed. You know, one week it's like, hey, when you're asked to do things, when opportunities present themselves, say yes instead of just defaulting to no. You know, that mm-hmm. was that was one. And, and all of these things that um, if you're in the presence, I guess, of, of maybe other men, they'll kind of just keep keep the bumpers on both sides. And if you get over there, they'll kind of bump you back into the, the middle where you need to be thinking. And, and I think that, kind of, that process kind of happens. Like, I, I just feel like I'm... I'm ready for the week. I'm more um, in tune after reading this. Um, I can relate to it. Um, I I don't know. I I guess are you getting other f- similar feedback to that? And and how's this? You know, people saying we want more. We want more. And how do you make sure that you don't overcommit and say, <laughs> you know, now we're going to have meetups. We're going to have this, but we also have, you know, other things that we're obligated to do. Well, that's it. I mean, we're working on a masculine book, a masculine geek book. I'm working on my own writing. Um, but we have, we work, we all work full-time jobs. So, but yeah, masculine geek, I look forward to it every week. Even if I've been on several times where I've been deathly ill, you wouldn't know it. I don't, I just don't say anything. I'm just, I just do it. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I think as far as overcommitting is concerned, you can definitely get caught up in the momentum and go, I want to do all this stuff. I pull myself back and say, all right, look, guys, what do you think of this? We're just going to do once a week. We're not going to spam people. We're just going to do what you will do. We'll all talk about something. Sometimes it's on point. We're Like you said, we're all talking about the same thing. And sometimes it's all over the place. It's just whatever we feel like talking about or relating or sharing a story, an anecdote, a movie. Um, sometimes with mine, it's BDSM. All kinds of cool, fun stuff. And then... Once a week, and that's it. So you start your week off on Monday. You start your masculine geek newsletter. You start your morning right, and then there you go. So that's not too bad. So I'll create a Google document around Wednesday or Thursday, share it out with TJ and Rob, and then we'll think about what we want to write. And usually around Saturday or Sunday, we're we're hopping on and we're we're putting in our two cents. So that's easy that way. We've 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 gotten down into a groove, and we've had people reach out to us via our contact page or masculinegeek at gmail dot com and just They'll they'll talk about what hey yeah you know I pre- I know exactly what you're talking about Rob because of this or right you know you guys are you guys are resonating with me thank you so much and you know keep up the good work and and uh, would you mind I have someone to recommend to you guys and I'll make I'll make note of that I like to have at least one or two guests a month yeah. at least and I know for the foreseeable future we're doing the live. Uh, live stream Dungeons and Dragons games with Rollo and Aaron and Drew Bay as the Dungeon Master. So that takes up uh, typically one Wednesday unless we have a schedule change. So you figure, all right, twice a month we have a guest, once a month we're doing live D&D, and then 
the other the other final Wednesday we're just we're just essentially right. shooting sh- shooting the shit and just you're just talking. So it, it worked that that format format right now seems to be working out nice. It so. does, yeah. The, and the D and D has been fun. <laughs> <laughs> I know my the, playing the, the the last game. My character was uh, I enjoyed that very much. A must-read for parents, teachers, and taxpayers. Dr. David Perodin has written the most honest book about the $3 billion school safety industrial complex. Attorney James Sibley proclaims, A brave demonstration of speaking truth to power, School of Errors rips the lid off the billion-dollar school safety industry. Using real-world examples of successful responses in desperate situations, David contrasts the expensive window dressings pitched to panic parents with the inexpensive and effective approaches proven to actually work. Read this book before you let your school waste another precious dollar on meaningless safety theater. Buy the international bestseller, School of Errors, Rethinking School Safety in America, now at Barnes & Noble or Amazon. But, uh, Gettysburg. So when you went to Gettysburg, you've done that solo or you've done that just also with, uh, you know, you've done it with a group. I've seen the photos too. But how, I guess, how do you break the inertia to just say, I'm going to Gettysburg today or I'm getting this group together and we're going to meet up at Gettysburg? Because I think that's one of the biggest things people are like, the inertia. It's like, oh, kind of like you said. I mean, how do you how do you not just say, I'm going to stay home today and just hang out on the couch or do whatever. Yeah, because it's easy to do that, right? It's easy to get right. that, that quick uh, enjoyment, what they call dopamine or serotonin fix from, from that one immediate sitting down, watching or playing a video game or whatever, or doing something at home. Um, I like I like to wander battlefields. I like old. I like anything that's old that has a um, where a lot of people were and now they're not. The words I used to be, the words abandoned, um, the words defunct all resonate with me for some reason. I have no idea why. I don't want to get all fortune cookie magical on anybody, but it's there's something uh, that's spiritual about these places that's always drawn right. me. Right. So uh, my parents, when I was younger, took us to Gettysburg and a few other local history places and always had a love of, TJ and I talked about this in our Patreon podcast, religion, spiritual, spirituality, and history about uh, the love of ancient and old places and, and then the, 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 the drawing that it has for men. So I'll just say I'm going to do this. Like, I was like, you know what? I want to get a group together, and there's this really nice uh, old house. I've made friends with the, um, the people that own a bed and breakfast. They have a, a several Airbnbs that they rent out. Okay. And this old Civil War house that I like to rent, one of them. And I'm like, just guys, come on out. And we're going we're gonna to do a battlefield gathering. We'll write. We'll play D&D. We'll drink. We'll go to breweries. We'll eat good food. We'll wander around, and we'll just we're gonna relax, enjoy, and make business plans, too. So TJ came out, my friend John came out from Arizona, and then Aaron flew out as well. And another friend who's local to me, he drove out for a day and stayed over a night. So it was, it was just fantastic to have all your, your friends around you and to go do this. And uh, probably one of the most, I mean, if, you're, if you believe it or not, spiritually active battlefields in the world. Oh, right. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, um, that's on my... Uh, to-do list. I won't say bucket list because I don't think I'm putting a bucket list together, but um, I'm, and I would say uh, masculine geek is, 
you know, part of the impetus of, oh, cool. for, for me of saying, <laughs> yeah, there's things I, I definitely want to do, um, you know, like visit some of these places, like get together or some of the gatherings and, um, mm-hmm. you know, even some of the, some of the followers who are kind of closer to where I'm at that I can either travel to, or they can travel up into this, this area and, and we can do some of that stuff. Cause it's, yeah, it, it's just crazy. It, it, you know, and these things too, it's like, you know, I'm 48. I've had, I had a, a classmate die of a stroke like last month and you know, yeah. like my dentist died oh shit and, you know what well, um he was you know older but um but yeah i mean it's, it's well, one you of start, these things too it's well, like, you, you start geez. thinking i just i just turned 50 in uh on february 5th Happy so birthday! i know exactly what you're talking about you, all these people that you've known are starting to they're starting yeah. to die i mean that's just the way that's how it goes but it puts things in perspective it's like oh shit i mean I could say realistically that okay, let's let's give myself some extra time here. I I could maybe let's say I'll go to especially giving my family history, maybe I'll last to seventy. Well, uh, I've got twenty. I've got I've got twenty years left. So, I mean, when I look at it this way too, because I read Lord of the Rings every fall. Every autumn, I, I start reading Fellowship of the Ring, Two Towers, and The Return of the King. I'm like, well, that means I only get to read it 20 more times, right? When you think about it that way, you're, it, it's really a kick in the pants to do these things. So next time you guys are out there and you're like, you're at a crossroads in your decision process where like, I could sit on the couch or I could do this sedentary activity in the moment or I could plan this amazing thing, whether it's your family, your friends, your buddies, Go say yes and go do those things. Because I'll tell you right now, unless you're struck down and you obviously don't know it, you're just dead. But if you're suffering through some kind of illness and you are laying, literally laying on your deathbed, are you going to remember, you know, I'm glad I stayed in and played that video game. Or are you going to go say, I'm glad I met up with the masculine geeks and wandered the battlefields. I have some really cool memories. You know, that's, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's what you want to do, I think. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're talking about, um, you know, talking about exploration and we hit on it earlier, um, yeah. but I started to do some casual urban exploring. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I had a friend who was like, here's how this works. It's like open door policy. You know, and all this stuff. And then I actually do a little more research. I'm like, yeah, that's not exactly how it works. <laughs> John, like, that's could be trespassing depending on where you go. So, like, I had to calibrate to uh, making sure I was figuring out where these places were and I could contact somebody. And, and usually it was always if you can meet with them face-to-face, right? Because you're 48 years old and you're showing up and saying, well, listen, it, I'm yeah. not bringing a tribe with me. I just want to – this kind of interests me. I'm safe. You know, I'm not going to – climb up to the top of the you know, roof or something like that. And then they're usually like, yeah, that's cool. You know, um, just don't post like the coordinates and stuff like that. So that's been like my strategy. And it usually always then works if I, if, and so I've been starting to find some places, but I'll, I'll tell you. Um, so r- recently, you know, in the last month, I've, I found a, a place built in the 1850s. Mm. And then I was doing so anyway, I'm, di- I'm doing the, the dig back on it, and um, it's slated to be torn down. So this this property is going to be uh, developed, um, but uh, 
re- residential home, right? And uh, it's amazing. I, I'm going in to, uh, outside. It's it's cream brick, and um, it, I'm just standing there. I'm thinking, this was here before the Civil War. Like this was, <laughs> I know, right? Here. Yeah. Um, you know, this this was like a hundred years old when you know basically like Pearl Harbor was bombed. I mean, it's just you're. I'm I'm just my mind is just bending, and I go through these iron clad doors like this iron on wood which has to be like original um and the one is 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 partly open because i'm looking and and there isn't there isn't trust me and it is you know i'm i'm not taking anything i'm not damaging anything i'm not uh you know any of that but the moment you know i'm starting to see the tile and and you start to see the lath where the plaster was and i heard um this this dripping noise and there was a hole in the roof and it would it dripped all the way down to the basement and it rotted through and it was just this really weird echo but i'm looking and there on the floor were buttons like a whole button, bunch of buttons like out oh, of a, cool. a drawer and there was um an fireplace grate you know this old you know uh, i don't know gothic type fireplace with you know the what's left of of you know the the wood next to it. I mean it, it so anyway a lot of the stuff was still there like it's it was untouched I mean no graffiti um there were you know things that were probably circa 1960s still in the house like some appliances and stuff like that but stuff that was you know prior to that and uh I I remember you know cuz again it was pretty recent this this amazing connection this this interest but also this like super sober instance of saying you know like there were people toiling to build this Mm -hmm. and you know they would they got done with this and you know here we are 150 160 years later and it's it's basically going to be gone just because it decays and and it's also then like i think there's a subtle point of yeah make the most of what you have because you know if you if you put your time into i i don't know I don't know what I was was feeling at at that moment. I'll tell you, it was the most alive um, I felt. I mean, outside of like families, I'm saying though something like I've done. Like it was this this eyes wide open. It wasn't because like I'm thinking someone's going to like sneak up or there's someone who's camped out in the room next, you know, the next room I'm going to. It was just this supercharged feeling, and um, and then yeah, immediately like I learned as much as I could about the place, and it's just fascinating to like learn in the plot maps, and then like also where the Native American tribes moved, you know, like the Winnebago would have this kind of would have been their area before this came in, and I realized there was another house that existed that was built eight years earlier, and that one's gone. And, but I'm like, holy god! Um, oh yeah. And then of course now there's this network, like the, the, these people that they they do this, and you know they they. They want to know where these places are. They'll be respectful and they bring in their technology, their drones and all of this other stuff to get the, the views and their little special lights kind of like I have. But um, tell me about your experiences as an urban explorer. And I guess um, also that feeling, because I, I said it's, I can't describe that feeling. I mean, it, it was 10 times more than if someone would give you the keys to a brand new car or something like that. It was unbelievable. Well, there's, there's there's an intrinsic meaning in what you're doing that's already there that you kind of step into and you're part of. So there's there's like this ponderous sense of time that you like almost a flow 
that's unseen that you step into and you become a part of in that moment. So your mind just, you're, you're thinking everything you talked about and everything you see all comes together in that one moment. You're like, these people built this, there were people living here, there was emotions, there was activity, there was action, and now there isn't. And all you have left is this monument to that, that, right. that, that, that humanity. And it's indescribable. I completely agree. Like this weekend, I went to visit a uh, one. I, um, I have a very uh, a soft spot for um, mall malls and mall culture. Okay. I grew up going to the mall. That was the thing to do on Friday nights. I went and I bought my books. I went and shopped. I sat and I. This is the first time I really got into Dungeons and Dragons. This one little bookshop called the Bookend in the Morristown Mall. The mall still exists. There's pieces of it being destroyed and things added on and changed, which tugs at my heart. But it's still alive um, for now. And that's actually one of my next book projects is do a photographic pictorial of malls in New Jersey and get people's uh, – go out and visit people and talk to them, get interviews. Because and, and and, and it was a significant part of the, the pre-internet era. Yeah. You, know, you, you didn't have – there was no Amazon. There was no online shopping. There was no cell phones. Maybe there were beepers at the time. You remember beepers? But we didn't have any of that. And I went to this one mall in, uh, in, in a town called uh, Burlington, called the Burlington Center. And it went defunct in around 2017, 2018. And you can already see the trees getting wilder and the, right. the, 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 the grass pushing up through the, the parking lot cracks. And it's just, it's lonely, it's forlorn, it's bittersweet, but there's, like you said, there's an energy and there's a, you feel alive for whatever reason because of this, the sense of time that's surrounding you and all these people were here. There's Christmas and ho- you know, Halloween and shopping. And I used to go there on the second floor of the mall, there was a, there was a shop called Allied Hobbies. And I used to get my D&D stuff there. I would drive, I would make my pilgrimage to go to the mall and get my D&D stuff. Because there was no internet, you couldn't do that. You couldn't, and there's no way to find players online. You had to go to the, the this little like cork board where someone would put player wanted or DM wanted, and you pull off the phone number and you know, on your di- your rotary phone that, and yeah. yeah, and call them on the phone. It was it was something about that that still tugs at my own heart, and I love to do that kind of thing. Like I posted the um, the Nike missile base, mm-hmm. and yeah. there was one in um, in West Hampton area near me. That's uh, P, uh, Nike Missile Bates PH-25, and PH stood for Philadelphia, for the Philadelphia area. There's different ones in different towns around here. Um, that's since been destroyed, but that was, that was an older photo. But I had gone out there recently. One side's been taken over by houses. On the left-hand side, a landscaper bought it, and that, the one, the, that one photo I posted was a radio, an old radio tower. There's still a radio tower on the opposite side covered in vines, and the landscaper left it there. He yeah. kept it. He preserved that history, and I, I just love that. That's just amazing to me. Like, I'll pass by an old house, write down the address, try to maybe talk to the owner, go check out the house, take photos. Sometimes I won't take photos. Sometimes I'll just go and visit right. a place, right. and I just, I just like to have be intimate with that, that location and then go about my business, and sometimes I won't even tell anybody. But it, another point, too, uh, anyone who's listening wants to get into urban exploring, criminal trespass 
is not a good thing, especially if you're men of our age. You sort of have a you do have a reputation to ma- reputation to maintain. Right. You know, if you're younger and you're like in your teens, you can kind of get away right. with that, and that'll slide. But you're pushing right. fifty, you're pushing fifty, and you're climbing over fences, right. and a cop rolls up. It's just not it's not a good look. So you want to reach out to a real estate like with um with the mall. There were no no trespassing signs and obviously I didn't try to break in or anything, but I found out the real estate company that owns it. It's soon to be, they're trying to get it developed into something very similar. Okay. In the, in the upcoming future. So I want to get in there. I want to reach out to them, tell them what I want to do book wise and just get in there and take some photos and do a tour and maybe some video. So I want to include that as well. So yeah. stuff like that. It's just amazing to me. <laughs> yeah, the first place I went to, I I didn't take any any pictures, as you said. I the, mm-hmm. my my phone was in my pocket the entire time. Um, it it didn't. And normally, what do you do when you go someplace and you see anything obscurely interesting that you think you might want to look at later? You take ten pictures, yeah. and here I am looking at some of the ma- most amazing stuff like I've seen. You know, just that image of of this open drawer with these these you know, maybe 50 or 60 white, and I'm guessing maybe like clam buttons or whatever the hell on the floor. Like, Mm. um, wouldn't that be like an awesome picture, but no, it was, it was totally absorbed and taking this in. And, but you know, you talk about, so something I did last year, Vince, um, is I decided I was going to bike 80 miles in a day. And, um, and I did it like several times. And, uh, I, I would map out routes, and actually, I do routes that go along the Wisconsin River and through some real kind of ancient areas, like effigy mounds. You know, that mm. huge, eff, huge effigy mounds. I bike like right past. Um, very rural, um, and it's a, it's an entire day. But this is something where you know I'd never, I never bike. Well, I, I would bike like three to five miles, and that would be like my biking. Like I'd be winded, and I was just not interested in it. And now I'm like, I put it together. It, you know, I've learned how to maintain the bike, disassemble it, reassemble it, do all of this stuff. And um, it is this incredible um, experience. Like, I can go through a, there's a section of land that has honeysuckle growing on both sides. And the smell, when you hit the honeysuckle, honest to God, it's like mm. the last part of um, Petticoat Junction when the train is coming up and, and the fields <laughs> and the dog. It is yeah. almost like that. It, and, there's, and that's all there is. There isn't anything that has a, a sense of like, you know, modern time to it in that like quarter mile. And um, yeah, it is, it is so amazing um, because I, I'll, go through, I'll, I'll, I'll go through and I'll just be like, what am I? What am I thinking? What am I uh, feeling? You know, what is, um, it, what am I, what am I hearing? What am I smelling? And I'll just rotate through that. And then I'll just start doing some of the, you know, the, I don't know, I call it, I, it, I wouldn't say it's talk therapy, but usually at night I'll run when it, and it's late and I'll do that mm-hmm. so I can kind of talk through if, if I'm doing projects or something, I can throw it back to myself. How would this sound? How would this sound? But, um, once I did it, though, it was the only reason I didn't do it is because I I just, just there was no reason to not do 80 miles. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just mm. got up one day and I'm like, I'm just going to do this. Like, why can't I? Like, I physically am fit. I can do this. Like, it's mm-hmm. and it was freaking awesome. And I'm, I'm now <laughs> cool. I'm going to, like, push it to 100. Like, I mapped out some new areas. Oh, nice. And I'm like, I'm going to go here and I'm going to go and and I'm putting, getting a bigger, um, you know, luggage rack so I can pack more with me. But. But that's kind of like this solo time for me. Like, I don't want 
actually for that, I don't want anybody else with mm-hmm. me. I don't, and part of it, I just don't want to talk. I don't want to try well, to like bike next to someone and maintain a conversation. That's it. You don't want to, you don't want to waste that energy. Thank you for tuning in to the safety doc podcast with the nation's leading safety expert, Dr. David Perodin. Author, radio show host, university instructor, researcher, expert witness, and consultant. Powerful testimonials. Dr. Perodin has a strong reputation as the go-to safety consultant, and he was still able to exceed our expectations. When we went looking for an expert in the field of crisis preparedness and prevention, David was the single person we pursued. Not easy stepping into the touchier subjects of life, but Dr. David pulls it off. Take a listen. Now, back to Dr. David Perodin and the Safety Doc Podcast. So what is what's some of the coolest stuff you've, you've either discovered or, you know, especially maybe in some of these... these uh, more ancient uh, sites, you know, the, these older sites. What are, what are some of the things you're like, God, I had no idea, like, this was, this was here. I like to, uh, <laughs> this is so geeky. I tell guys, uh, anyone really, I, women can do this too, I don't care, but guys in particular, go into Google Maps, okay, and bring up the satellite view. Uh, you can get some uh, history books if you want to, local history, but Look at Google Maps around your area because you're going to see things that are left over right. in, in right. the ground. And one of these points was um, I saw this old racetrack, like a, like a, like a, yeah. like a, an oblong track in, in the Pine Barrens off of what's called Moss Mill Road. I'm like, what the, what is that? So I got the GPS coordinates. I looked where it was near. I'm like, oh, this is in Hamilton. I did some research. Well, two parts to this. One is it was a racetrack. It was the, it was the world it was the world's or the world's the nation's first wooden racetrack pre World War One for cars. That's it amazing. Was a, 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 like this complete wooden racetrack, and people would come and make a day of it and see these cars race. Now it was north. Of this one building, and I would pass it too. I, I found out I was passing on the one what was called the White Horse Pike Route 30. Like this weird old, like dormitory-looking building. And at the time, the U, it was part of the state police area. There's like this forensic unit, and this was building, white building, was sitting in the back. And when I did more research about the racetrack in that area, there was a town during World War One called Amital. It was named after the explosive that the town produced. Okay. So the so they they, they the, the Amatol production plant was nearby, along with the the rail cars and everything, the trains coming in, and then they had the the town built up. You know, all these houses, a school, a church, a general store, and all these amazing things. The last thing to be standing is that barracks that I saw. Amazing. It's so cool. So I went out there. I, I wandered around. I saw all these old cellar halls. I saw parts of the road that would converge on the on right. the square because you, you can see it when you're looking down the maps. And then when you're walking, you're like, "Oh, okay. I can. I can. Um, you, you hold. Take. Print the maps out and look at them, and you can see. 
I always advise doing that, you know, because you, you get you kind of get a sense of place and time with that. Take books with you as you go. Take a notepad, jot things down. Uh, that's just amazing to me to be able to, to be, we can have this technology. If I had this as a kid, and that's one of the things too, I mean, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I wanted to be Indiana Jones. Urban exploration allows you to tap into that wonder, yeah. that sense of wonder as a kid, like, this is Indiana Jones-like. This is really cool. All you need is the bullwhip and the hat, and you're set. <laughs> but now we have all this technology to help us do these things and find these amazing places. So I would suggest definitely sitting down on the weekend and going through your Google Maps in your area and finding out local history. Right. Another one was chest, uh, the battle. I wrote about this. I started to, and I got to do this. I still need to do the second portion, the actual battle part of it. The, uh, the Battle of Chestnut Neck is called, um, the book is called A Nest of Rebel Pirates. The privateers okay. during the Revolutionary War had a, uh, had a, had a setup, a little, little a town called Chestnut Neck, and further up on the, Mel- the Molica River was the Forks. They would the the privateers would set out as you know privateers were given uh, official they had their letter of, letter of mark they were given official um, um, permission by the government by Congress or the local government to go out and and take British ships or their cargo as prizes and either sink them and take the the the, the cargo or preferably bring the ship in so they could sell it in auction in Philadelphia. So this is this little town of pirates and privateers that, you know, was an integral part of uh, giving the, uh, the king and his, his, uh, his navy some grief. And it's right here in New Jersey. So when I went to go see the spot where the bat, the, this happened and all the little houses were there and, and standing close to the shoreline where you look out into the bay, you know there's two or three sunken, oh, yeah. hulks, of, sunken hulks of British ships still there. This is amazing. It's amazing to be part of that history, even though you're forward in time. I remember a village um, by the sea when you you had the image of the uh, the cement ship, the ship made mm. out of cement. Oh yeah, the uh, the SS Atlantis. Yeah, yeah. And, is that is that cool? Yeah. So yeah, I'm going online. I'm doing it, and it's like yeah, one of a handful of ships is made out of cement. I'm like, holy Christ! Like that's <laughs> awesome. Like you guys were right there, and then yep. Um, so where I where I live, Vince, um, this. So this was the second community founded in Wisconsin, and it had a fort, um, Fort Winnebago, from 1824 to 1853. Oh, is that with all the Indian wars and fights? Yeah, yeah, right here. Yeah, yeah. And Jefferson Davis, when he was 20 years old, was right here, like literally a mile from my house. And I used to give tours at, there's one building left from the fort, 1824, it still Mm -hmm. remains. And I used to give tours, and there was a chair that he made, and actually he made a chair and wardrobes for the the fort. The fort was, you know, pretty large, and this is the only the surgeon's corps is the only building. And then if you look back, because I had cool. I knew all of it, and I have it documented. Like there were so many significant players on both sides of the war that were here mm. between like 1824 and 1832. Eventually, oh, cool. you know, when it came to the Civil War, like all huge <laughs> players, and. Uh, and it, it's it's amazing. So you know, on President's Day, people are like, "Hey, who's your favorite president?" I'm like, it was Jefferson Davis. Like, had I had this connection to him because he's here's the, why the yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's I, cool. I actually, <laughs> touched this chair and this wardrobe that he he made, and I walked in the building that he walked in as a twenty right. year old. And then I yeah, and then you know, I had access where I could see you know he would send people off to go get like you know pine trees so they could you know, build more shit with the barracks or all of this stuff in his notes. 
um, they were all there. You know, we're a small community. And I actually wrote a grant, like with the the agent. I donated my time, and I wrote a grant so they could get archival storage units. You know, like where it's stainless steel, and it could be, um, you know, boxes so the humidity. Would, none of this stuff. This stuff is just like in wooden boxes in a, in a garage yeah. at this facility. Like these nice. handwritten logs from the fort you know um so uh but it i, I rebuilt the fence with my dad oh so cool. we re, we rebuilt uh two 200 feet of fence and it was all cross beam um like pine i don't know how that basically you put it like this it's probably out of gettysburg yeah. same setup you know? exactly yeah, yeah yeah so that had all fallen into disrepair and it had been you know, that wasn't original of course it was stuff but um so i said yeah, like I could do this. Like my dad had access to um, somebody he knew that, you know, could had a, had a lot of posts and stuff like that. Because where I grew up, it was ginseng farming and you could take ginseng posts were made out of wood. And anyway, so dad brings the stuff down and we start to make this pile and then kind of game plan how we're going to do this. So we try to do it pretty original. So like I'm mm-hmm. doing, you know, with, with handsaws, hatchets, but I have some leg screws to put everything together so it doesn't fall apart. But then I could put it together and you can't tell like where the stuff is. And I'm not like really great at building stuff, but I just figured it out. And it was so amazing. Like this project with my dad still there to this day, like got it all cleaned up. I actually, we, we rebuilt the well also. Oh, um, and, and that was really awesome because I remember I was out there and then they were given tours to like elementary kids and these elementary kids are coming up to the well and they're peeking over and you know, the well only goes down two feet and then it's dirt. Um, but it was the most amazing thing because they're like, home oh, is the well. Like they used to come out here for the water. I'm like, I rebuilt that for you guys. <laughs> Damn really it. Cool. Yeah. But, um, you're a part, but it, it's, you're a part of history. I mean, you, you did what they were doing at that yeah. time. It was, it was really cool. Um, you know, it's, it's split rail fence is what they call it to, to actually, That's right. yeah, yeah. And, we had a postal postal digger, manual postal digger, and you know we're just doing this stuff and putting it together. And um, like I said, it's it's amazing um, to have. I, I I love I I love that I live in a historical hub. You know, kind of you know similar to what you're saying because I put a bad house out in back of my property, like a hundred feet back, and I'm digging down and I'm pulling up like pottery and stuff. You know, like 15 years ago. And then um, I live in the Indian Hills subdivision. So I'm I'm looking to it, the map, and I'm like, we have an Indian agency house built in 1832, which was basically to negotiate payment with the tribes in this area to keep them at peace during the Indian Wars, the Mm -hmm. Sauk Wars. Um, So that's literally, you know, I can walk, I can leave my house and be there in 15 minutes. So it's it's just absolutely crazy stuff. But, uh, but yeah, so I mean, when I was when I was doing that stuff, it was it was really cool because the fort there were a lot of guys kind of in, involved in, you know, we're we're just keeping this place up because I mean there was no budget, right? There's, there's this, well, that's this, it. Really yeah, weird stuff falls into disrepair and and nobody cares. And and yeah, so I mean, yeah, we we brought it back. Uh, it's kind of like someone buying yeah like a, a old hoarder home and then like cleaning the junk, <laughs> all of the brush, yep. and uh, I, I it was just amazing. So hey, as we as we, you know, kind of kind of turn the corner to the end here. Um, talk about the book, the masculine geek book that you're you're writing with Rob TJ. Is anybody else involved in that? And then also, what's your timeline for when you expect to have that out? Well, I had wanted that. I'll, I'll go into the timeline office. I wanted that to, the first draft to be finished 
by the end of February, and it almost is. We're going to spill over into March because um, this is my fault. I'm, <laughs> I'm a little bit behind with my chapters. Uh, it's just, it takes a lot of what we talk about in the newsletters on the site and puts a different spin on it as well. It's all new, but it's, it's extended thing. There are, there are extended topics from the newsletter and the website. Um, some of it's instructional. There, uh, we're putting in a lot of anecdotal evidence, uh, stories and things of that nature, things that are close to our heart that we can share with everybody and say, hey, this is, we do this because of this. Right. This right. happens because of that. So. I'm not sure how long it's going to be. Uh, at least, I would say at least a hundred pages, at the very least. Nothing so what, long. We like quick okay. reads. So yeah. What are you looking for? Uh, a timeline. I mean, out in 2020. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, okay. uh, if we can, we can find. If we can get the the book artist that we want and get this edited when we want, I'm going to say like midsummer. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And we want to do a series like the masculine geek guide to this the masculine geek guide to that right that's the plan yeah man so anything else uh big for you any anything uh anything um i'm i'm on my third passive edits for my second novella tesla and malone that's the first one yeah uh so that's uh tj's read that he's like we read the first one he's like what the He's like, I want more. He's like, you left it. I left it. I leave everybody at a cliffhanger on the first one on purpose. So I gave him the second book to read, and he, he did a, a beta read of that for me and gave me some feedback. So I've, I've been incorporating that into my third pass of edits. So editing is the worst part. I hate it. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. As you know, editing is just, oh, it's just such a drudgery. But yeah. You just no, just got just got to be. You just got to be done. You got to like, all right, you know what? I, this is going to have to be good enough. And that's, 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 that's a big part of a mindset is good enough. So that I have uh, a fantasy novel I'm working on, um, an erotica book I'm working on. I want to do the, the, uh, the, 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 the mall thing that I just mentioned. I give, give everyone a sneak preview to that. I'm starting to outline that continue with masculine geek things, masculine geek, uh, um, meetups, masculine geek uh, adventures, um, just keeping everything moving forward, just moving forward every day. But it's fun. I mean, it has to be fun. Otherwise, you know, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. No, it, it sounds fun. And I mean, I can, it's evident, the energy that you have. And then also when you, you connect it and, and um, you know, Rob and, and, and TJ, um, I still remember, was it your Christmas special when TJ almost burned his cabin down? kind of... <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. kind of hot step it there with a stove, yep. and then I'm like, I'm kind of watching. I'm like, dude, dude, just yeah. <laughs> I know you got yeah. this under control and everything, but you get it. You're gonna wind up with a fire on your it's end. It's taking down better, better people, you know. So yeah, fire, fire can be your enemy. So it was just funny. It was, it was just this hilarious moment. Um, <laughs> and I'm glad everything fun. worked out. Right? It wouldn't have been funny if his place would have burned down. But, yeah, uh, but yeah, it was, it was. Oh my god, it, it was just so. F- I, I was, I was removing. Uh, we had like this cold stretch a few years ago mm. and I had to get the ash out of my, my fireplace and there were still a lot of hot coals and putting it in, in, uh, 
the bucket and then um, a couple fell out onto our cat who was in a cat bed underneath. <laughs> into the cat. Oh my and God. I'm picking these hot coals rapidly off the cat and the cat doesn't realize that the fur is being singed by these. Oh, these... slowly singeing. Oh my so God. Like, oh man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to do this. Cat's fine. <laughs> hot... you know, nothing brush out after that, but I'm like, hot yeah. Kitty. <laughs> hot kitty. Jeez. Oh, that's funny. Oh my God. Yeah. You got to be so... careful with that. Yeah. My, my, Mowgli's he he's very respect he's you know he's he's not afraid of it but he'll he'll watch the fire but he doesn't go anywhere near it so that's good because I have a fireplace in my apartment so it's nice yeah oh uh, I I love it yeah I have, I have wood fire um you know and I've, I've shared too yeah the the wood fires uh, stack in the wood and had the picture at the start of the year with eleven cords now I remember know. that yeah yeah what are you maybe, down to maybe a cord and a half um. And yeah, so I could have used I could have used a, a few more cords of firewood, but um, yeah, we've got some time. We're not going to actually be here. We're gonna my mother in law is going to be watching the house. We're going to be gone. So the fire season for me is probably done in about three weeks. But uh, it's cold tonight's going to be cold, and then um, tomorrow will be you know probably single digits, and we'll we'll, we'll rebound up from that. But mm-hmm. the older I get, though, Vince, I do not like winter. Grew up in Wisconsin, yeah. and uh, you know. <laughs> everyone's like yeah but you're from here and i was from northern wisconsin you know it was even colder and more snow and i'm like i just never got into that what's the lowest temperature you've ever experienced oh god last no last year we had we had regular fahrenheit temperatures of minus 35 to minus 40 in february just last year let me tell you something if it got to be minus 40 here in new jersey that would be a public health emergency yeah. They would fly copters in to airlift people out to get them into like 40 or 30 or 40 temperatures. It's insane. We and, wouldn't want to know what to do with that. And then the municipal, you're, you're, you get a notice and they'll say, leave your water running. And they don't charge <laughs> yes. you for your, your water because, uh, you know, or they, they just use an average because they don't want your pipes to freeze up. But yeah, no, you know, that's, it's, it's, you know, that's, that hits. Um, it's, it's so, I don't know. I'm I'm the type of person though. Like I, I like warm. I, and people are like, well, you can bike in winter. Like you can put, you know, you can get the big oh, tires. Layers, and like yeah, no, yeah. no, no. I'm, it's it's, it's kind of not my thing. Like you know, but but yeah, the older I I get, not that I was a big fan when I was younger. I used to play basketball with my friends outside on like you know the snowy basketball court a block from our our house with the steel net, you know. Oh, yeah. But uh, but I'm like, oh man, I'm just I'm ready. And then of course, like down here. The studio is not heated, so in summer has the nice effect of staying, you know, sixty-eight degrees, low humidity, great. But uh, the further you get in the winter, studio chills. You've so, got to get a little heater in there or something. Yeah, something, yeah. something's got to happen down here. Yeah. So, you know, right. real fast, with, uh, when we, at the yeah. village by the sea, the first night uh, when I picked TJ and Rob up from the airport, we went into Old City, Philadelphia, and I took them to the city tavern. And parts of that were around when Ben Franklin was alive during the Revolutionary War, like he was there. So it's like it was nice to walk, take take the guys around and walk around where these Revolutionary War figures. You know, this is like the cradle of the Revolution, yes. where it took place and was you know uh, sedition was planned, as it were. It was just amazing to be there and to, to experience that. Oh, I, know, I, I know TJ really loved it. Rob was like, eh, whatever. Let it. <laughs> Let him burn, you know how he is. <laughs> but it was just fun. Then we went, we had dinner, and then we walked up the street to a cigar shop and sat in their lounge and had a cigar and talked and just relaxed. It was it was so fantastic. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I mean, I, I, yeah, like I said, I enjoyed it from afar and, you know, I think it's, it's, again, it's, it's a template. Um, I don't know it's, if you, you see it, like you actually did it and that's, that's the thing more and more and more. It's like, just do these things, you know, just, just get together. Or if you're saying, yeah, I'm going to do this, um, or you know, going to go and ask permission, take the photos of the mall, interview some people, get the history. I mean, every, so you're talking mall and I mean, I just can't get out of my mind. I mean, when I was in college, there was a mall in the college town and my friends, um, you know, Nate, Craig and ice, we would, we'd, we'd go in nice. ice's 1976 cool. <laughs> orange rusty Nova That's to awesome. the mall, right? Yeah, we'd, we'd go exactly. to the mall, which was close to campus. And one time it's, it's so rusty, like the front, um, panel fell off of ice's car and he ran over it and then we had to stop and debate whether to pick, pick it up it off up. the road and put it in the trunk or just keep going but he just kept going and we got there but they had the arcade in pinball and it was the black night so we would just load up on you know we'd bring our money in and we would just be playing we'd all be around and who you know and it was just fascinating so it's like you know ice would go for three games okay then it'd be my turn then it'd be Vern's turn then it'd be shaker's turn be like god this is just so damn awesome like this is just the greatest right right and uh you know and that was built maybe i don't know 1980 the mall um but it you're right i mean no cell phone and there was the record place so on the way out you'd stop hey like you know what 45s are in and uh pick up and of course radio shack was, was pretty hip oh yeah um, that's right yeah radio shack and almost every get to see the coolest stuff <laughs> like at radio shack the tandy computer the calculator dollars yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, you, and you're, you're right. And then the big center part, yeah, well, there was like a couple trees and like benches. And then I think there was this like body of water you, you, you walked over or whatever, but it was, it was so damn amazing. And, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad people, I, you know, I say this, I'm glad I lived when I did. Like, I'm, I, exactly. I'm glad I got to experience those things because they're not there now. And I've said that more than once, you know, um, yeah. We're and, at that age, we're at that age where we, we we say things like "I remember when" or "There used to be fill in the blank." You know, right. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It is. It is. Uh, it, it's. It's. it's very, I mean, it's, it's very bittersweet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I did. I did a presentation uh, close by a safety presentation this fall, and I parked in the parking lot of the now basically defunct mall, which has like one store, and the rest of it is all, you know, just places where they store stuff and things like that. And it's yeah, it was sad. I was actually. I wish I wouldn't have gone back and seen it in that state. I wish I'd parked somewhere else and not had that had that memory. But uh, yeah. So I mean, just kind of recap yeah. and you know some you know masculine geek Wednesday nights. Um, yes. 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time. Correct. People go uh, masculinegeek.com. You can get in all the information that you need uh, for the show. And then there's also um, some uh, Patreon, you know, that you and Rob have, or there's we, some other well, aspects of the show that you can access. There are, yeah. We have some, um, we do articles, uh, photos. Um, they're specific to BDSM and DS. Yep. And then we do the we have the cartoon hour. We TJ and Rob and I we still do that for Patreons. And then TJ and <clears throat> TJ and I are doing another uh, uh we call it religion, spirituality and history, but anything that's relating to masculinity in those those three topics. And it's very it's very non um 
uh, we're not fanatical about it. It's just very, we're two guys talking. We're like we're doing now. Okay. So that's kind of cool too. So go check that out. Because we do offer adult content, you can't go on Patreon and just search for Masculine Geek. We won't come up. You actually have to put in the, the full URL, Patreon forward slash Masculine Geek, all one word. Or just go to our website and click the link. You can do that too. Uh, we have an Instagram account. We have a Twitter account at Masculine Geek One, um, Masculine Geek on on Instagram. So we're we're everywhere. I, I started doing a um, bit shoot uh, for video as well, uploading some of our stuff there. Oh, we also have SoundCloud. So if you want to right. MP3 audio, you can go to SoundCloud.com and and search us there. My podcast uh, started out on SoundCloud, and then oh, cool. um, uh, yeah. Well, um, and then SoundCloud was having, you know, some fiscal issues a couple of years ago. And then, um, so, yeah, one of my one of my friends said, yeah, why don't you go over to, to Podbean, which has been fine. But then I migrated everything and I lost, like, all of my counts and, and stuff. And now, like, SoundCloud is just fine. So I'm like, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, I should have just left it there. I what the right hell? Well, I like SoundCloud. <laughs> they, they've been pretty good to us. I know. There wasn't any reason to sever that relationship <laughs> other than, than real dicey financials for, like, one quarter. And then, there was yes. a, yeah, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of articles like, "Oh, SoundCloud's going bankrupt, and you're going to lose your stuff," and blah blah blah. I'm like, yeah, they're crying wolf. I'm going to stay here, and, and we're fine. Um, hey, how about also MG Consulting? I see it here on the website. I've seen some posts about it. Um, what what does that in, entail? Oh yeah, that that was that's just some goofy. It was almost like a like a joke, but it turned into something serious. Because um, a few people like, well, one people ask us in the in the chat. Where are your super chats? We want to ask a question. We want to pay you. I, yeah. I don't want to get involved in that. I don't want to be, I don't, I personally don't want to be beholden to someone in the chat that I'm forced to answer a, a dumb question because they paid me money. I don't care right. about that. I don't, I don't want to derailing the conversation too much. If you want to support the show, go buy our books, buy the forthcoming masculine geek book, go onto our Patreon, support us there. We have different tiers. Don't worry about the super chat. I don't want, I don't want, um, ads on the YouTube. I don't want none of that. I, I can't stand that. I'm in the middle of listening to a, a YouTube and then all of a sudden this ad pops up for whatever. I'm like, right. crap, crap, skip, skip. You got to wait right. for it. Sometimes the ads 12 seconds, skip. So you can do that. Now, uh, we had some some interest, people asking us, well, what about consulting? I'm like, I hadn't thought about it. Like, eh, everybody does consulting. Everyone's a life coach or whatever. I'm like, then I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, well, you know what? Combined, Kind of like a, nobody's doing this the way we are. No one's doing a newsletter like us, all three right. of us. No one's doing, no one's really doing consulting like us. If we did that, I'm like, hmm, that's kind of a new template, a new format. Let's just, for, for S and Gs, let's try it. You get all three of us for an hour. You bring us your problem or your concern. We'll all talk about it, rap about it, and give you our life experience if we have any. Absolutely. And, and perhaps our advice. So if, you, if that's something you want where it's not cheap, but then again, you know, our time, we're getting old, we're all old, our time isn't cheap, so it's, it's, it's up to you. It's, but we think it's, it's a worthwhile endeavor. We bring probably close to 100 years experience. Yeah. So, <laughs> life experience, yeah. So. And people don't realize, right, if you, if you have something and it's kind of gnawing at you, your gut instincts are often right. And if you can bring that out there to, to somebody you trust and, and somebody who, you know, can, can be this member checker, a fresh take on it, and they can bounce it back to you and say, yeah, either you're right on or maybe like here's some different ways to look at it or I had something similar happen at one time and here's how some... That advice 
whether it's, you know, a hundred bucks, 500 bucks, a thousand bucks is invaluable versus making some horrific mistake. Um, because you know, you were way too close to the situation to really objectively look at it. So, you know, pushing this information forward to let some different minds, you know, take, you know, take it and put it, turn it a little bit and get it back to you, maybe in a different format. Um, yeah, I think, I think that is, um, invaluable i mean i think it's it's a bargain right to absolutely to have it, so absolutely um, yeah and that's there yeah it's 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 goofy it's fun but we're serious we'll we'll listen to you we'll 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 have us for the full hour get our complete focus and our our uh our attention and um it's private and uh confidential so you know star trek if if they if they contact you because yeah. if I'm, if I read this right now, I'm not, I'm not. I don't know exactly how the hell this this works. Okay, but you know through conversations, uh, you know we've had. But they, you can still be asked back to play Ulu, right? Absolutely. Like you can still technically it's, come it, back. It's such a versatile character, mainly because you can't just know. I mean, the humanity is. I'm not. You know, you you can't tell it's me. Right. So it's like this, essentially this walking rug. I mean, they borrowed a little bit from Star Wars, but it's just some crossover. That's fine. There's some, you know, creative licensing that they allowed slip under the under the rug, so to speak. But hey, uh, yeah, I like that. You know, there you go. Yeah, I love puns. So yeah, they at any time I can get called back. That's um, you know, so yeah. So I, I mean, Star Trek Two was one of my was one of my favorite movies. I remember we had cable TV came to our town. Like, you know, rural town and we got cable and con and it was, it was, you know, watching that. And then, and then, yeah, I mean, I like next generation was pretty cool. I mean, and, and right. like you're, but, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was just, it's, it's just, so, so you still have like your card though. Like it's like, well, a guild card or how does that, how does that yeah, work? You have to pay dues? Yeah. I, uh, well, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. I sh- can't talk about that. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's just it's it's amazing. Hollywood, Hollywood's not a good place right now, so we can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. But anyway, Star Star Trek. Yeah, the the next the next generation. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's 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 awesome. I'm, it I'm is. Just, it's, it's good really... stuff. It's good stuff, and it, it's it's small little trivia like that that make that you know that makes things interesting in life. Cool. Absolutely. Vince, thank you so much for being a guest on the Safety Doc podcast. Uh, of course. Film- down here in the North Star Recording Studio, where in winter it is 53, 54 <laughs> degrees right now, but you know it's okay. We make we make it work. Um, part of the Safety Doc podcast um, focuses on agency and purpose, and that's a big part of what we talked about today. Um, understanding, you know, um, who you are, what you want to do, setting life goals, making connections, because that is a huge part of psychological safety. Um, and, and, you know, we, we tend to, in, in the safety world, that we tend to, you know, just focus on physical safety and all of that and, and not turn into kind of more the introspection of, um, you know, making sure that we have psyche and, and soma, you know, connected. So I thought we did a wonderful job of that today. It's always fascinating to listen to you, to um, observe what you're able to share online, the places that you go, continually the things that, that you're doing. It's wonderful. And it's it's also then a little kick in the pants for me because I'm like, he, he was out, um, you know, doing whatever he was. Yeah, I, yeah I, I'm going to be, I'm going to get out. I'm going to do this stuff today. So um, Masculine Geek, everybody, uh, MasculineGeek.com. Check it out. And Vince, 
thanks for being a guest on the Safety Doc Podcast. It's been a great pleasure. Thanks for having me. It was great fun. I appreciate it. And everyone who listens uh, in the future, I would appreciate uh, appreciate you joining us. Yeah, this is fun. And I'd like to uh, like to come back sometime if you'll have me. Yeah, well, probably, uh, yeah, make it a spring because this place is cold in, in, in the winter. <laughs> yeah, well, summer. This has been the Safety Doc Podcast with author, radio show host, and leading safety expert, Dr. David Peroni. Remember to check back each week for the latest, best, and most bizarre practices in safety preparation and crisis response. You can find Dr. Peroni on Twitter at SafetyPhD. And remember, the truth will keep you safe.